Happy Wednesday, everyone. A reminder, we are out at 5 o'clock today. That's when pregame coverage for Oklahoma State basketball begins. 6 o'clock tip-off for the Cowboys on the road facing Cincinnati for the first time in Big 12 conference play right here on your home for Cowboy Hoops in Tulsa, the Blitz 1170. I'm Colby Daniels, along with the 2023 Oklahoma Sportscaster of the Year, Jeremy Poplin, back from his vacation day. Scott File is on the other side of the glass <laughs> in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Corporate training. And, uh, and Dusty Dvorak will be joining us momentarily. I believe Dusty's here now. Oh, we have Dusty Dvorak joining us via the Blitz Hotline. Dusty, happy Woo! Wednesday. What's happening? What's up, boys? Uh, vacation indoors yesterday or today would be a big mistake. How about this weather, boys? Holy cow. Springtime. I am had some played some golf today, been warming the pool. My daughter's been out there swimming after school. Like, I'm to heck with this winter. I'm ready for spring, baby. Bring the warm weather on. Let's go. How'd you hit him? Dusty, I told Pop earlier I spent part of the afternoon – with the pressure washer on the back patio, Ooh, getting everything cleaned up. Yeah. Now you're speaking my, that's my love language right there. Um, I, I love a good pressure washer on the back patio. How did I hit them pop? Well, it was my first time to swing my clubs this year. I okay. played a couple of weeks ago, but it was like my old set and it was, it was not good. I played. Okay. I went 46 on the front 38 on the back. Okay. So we came home strong and that was with a double bogey on 18. So I thought I was going to be able to bring home a nice little 82, but 84 first official round of the season. You know what? Feel pretty good about it. Not going to lie. Feeling pretty good today. Not too shabby. Because yeah. uh, it, it is officially stick season, Dusty, <laughs> especially yes. with this weather. <laughs> yes, it is. It is, uh, it is. it is that time of the year where you get out. And I want to say my truck said when I got off the course 85, earlier today and you know what the best part about my round today was did it in right at three hours oh like if you can oh, yes you know anything i think if three hours like a luxury i think anything under three and a half or under that's a good thing once you hit four hours or over that's when it's kind of like, okay i gotta get off the course so i thought three hours that if you can if you can step foot on a golf course and be completely done 18 holes in in three hours that that's called winning my friends winning so new clubs, huh? Well, no. I mean, they I got them last year, but they okay. I, I'd, okay. I'd left them at my lake house, so I had I had not I hadn't played yet this year since football. Uh, like uh, whenever we, I left my clubs at the lake last summer at the end of the summer, and I was back last weekend to start to get things tidied up, as I told you, and so I grabbed my clubs. So felt like new clubs. I hadn't swung them since uh, about August, so felt good. Felt very good, dude. How about? Uh, since we are doing a little golf right now, how about um, we knew that Jimmy Austin was going to get the Corn Ferry, but how about Jack going to be a part of this at the Corn Ferry coming up? That is awesome. Another banner year for golf in this state. Help educate me because I guess I don't know what you're talking about, Pop. Yeah, so, news on so we've got the uh, Corn Ferry that's, that's coming, what, in June, Scott? Yeah. And... Jack, the Jack, is Come on. going to be out there shaking hands, kissing babies, Woo! signing some autographs. Part of the celebrity shootout Part after of the, the third round. Celebrity shootout that they're going to have after the third round. I mean, that is golf freaking royalty that will be here in our state. 
That is as royal as it gets. Uh, that is outstanding. I didn't realize it, but I'm, uh, to me, that's uh, appointment viewing uh, to be able to get a chance to go out there. Jimmy Austin, man, from, from where it was whenever I was in college to where it currently is, I mean, it's just night and day. They do a, an excellent job. Up there, Jimmy Austin, anytime I get a chance to go play there, I most certainly love to. But that is, um, that is news to me, Pop. So I'm, I'm trying to look it up right now. You got any dates for me? So yeah, I can mark it on the call- it's calendar. It's the 22nd. The marquee event is okay. going to be on the 22nd. I'll see when the celebrity is. Maybe you can get it on the celebrity. 20, uh, the 22nd, that's, it's after the third round. That's okay. June 22nd. Yeah. That's when, when Jack will be there. I just want to go be in the presence of Jack. I mean, honestly, yeah. if I can, we can make that happen. That's, I feel like uh, that's a massive, massive win. I've uh, kind of, like a lot of people, I followed Tiger around a couple of different holes uh, whenever I was out at Southern Hills for the PGA Championship, but never had a chance to see uh, the Golden Bear swing it in person. So, I, you know, I know obviously he's uh, maybe, maybe not what he once was, but I think just to see that gentleman out there on a golf course, that's, uh, that's quite the sight. I would say. Uh, switching gears a little bit, I wonder what the media party in Las Vegas will look like at Big 12 Media Days. That, I mean, I, I'm guessing you boys will be in attendance. I mean, it's just a little different. We can't just hop in our car and drive down to Arlington anymore. Like, <laughs> it's like awesome. It's like, oh, it's Vegas. Sweet. But at the same time, like, it's a nice little luxury just popping down 35 and heading to some friendly confines there in Arlington. So that's going to be a little bit different. What I'm intrigued with is, so I think the last three or four years, I've been on the, um, I've been up there at the, at the desk for all the Big 12 media days for the coaches and all the different players that come in. And I have not gotten a, a, an email or a text yet, but I'm curious, are they going to send me there? Are they going to send me to SEC media days? I mean, I'd be happy to do both, but... I've, I've really only ever been a part of Big 12 Media Days. I know they told me that they're going to be using me quite a bit on the SEC network coming up pretty soon. So I don't know if I'm going to be in, in two different places or not, but uh, I, I would love to, uh, to attend both. And, boy, uh, nobody does a party like Vegas does a party. I just I worry that uh, every, all the media folks are going to be able to keep their minds right. I mean, you can you can you get a little bit sideways uh, there in Vegas as you're there getting ready for some college football in July. Well, I can tell you, as someone that has to do budgets now, they didn't do me any favors by booking us at the Bellagio. So, Ooh, <laughs> the Bellagio, what are we, very nice. What are we doing? <laughs> so, is there is there like um, an official Big Twelve hotel, like a media hotel? Is that yeah, the Bellagio? It's the Bellagio. That's the media hotel. Is at the Bellagio. I thought that they would. Would wow. put us like uh, i don't know at the renaissance where it's 37 dollars a night or something like that but, <laughs> and it's closer at least to allegiant but uh yeah we uh official hotel is the bellagio because what i found out is that when your mark does something he does not spare any expense whatsoever he's like the old man from jurassic park no doubt i mean go big or go home right I mean, that's kind of the way he's been since he's taken over he is a splash type of commissioner to say the least I believe it's only going to be two days, right? Is it, what yes. is it, July 9th, That's 10th? Right, yeah. So, what, eight and eight? You do eight, eight, uh, one day, eight the next day? I mean, yes. you're going to be packing it in there a little Too bit. much, in my opinion, but they didn't would, ask me. Would you go three? Would you, would yeah, you yeah, split it up? Yeah, I think you have up? to. I, I, five, five, six? I, I think you are not only doing the, the people that are trying to serve you as best they can, your media, but I think you're also doing the fans a little bit of a um, – 
uh, it's negative on them because they don't get to take in everything because there's too much stuff that's packed into two days like that. Yeah, I buy that. I think that's I think that's 100 percent right. I mean, I, that is a lot, man. Eight teams, eight sets of coaches, eight sets of players, and to try to I mean, and you know, the first day you're going to have the commissioner kick things off, kind of a state of the union. You're welcoming in, especially this first year, two pop. You know, like when you've got this completely new revamped Big 12. You want to really sell it. You've got four new programs coming into the conference. Like, I, if there was ever a time to really, you know, you know, kind of spread it out, allow as much opportunity for these names, faces, programs as you could, it would be this opening year. Not that Brett Yormark typically misses, but feels like a little bit of miss. I wonder if any of that has to do with cost. I know you said spares no expense, but to rent everything out an additional day, I wonder if that factored in at all. Uh, to the decision, make it just two days. Here's well, the big question: They did seven. They did seven and seven last year, right? They so did. Yes. it's, yeah. it's yeah. kind of similar. But I thought that was a bad setup because it, it would be fine if you had longer windows. I think for these the availabilities of these guys, but you have that many teams, and it's still the same short window that you had back when we were doing less teams, right? And and there's just no way to I think really capitalize as much as as you would like to. When yeah, last year felt rushed from my standpoint because the previous yeah. years that were up there at the desk and it's no different than with you guys. I mean, whether they're on camera uh with us on television or they're making the rounds for Radio Row, I mean, it's kind of the the time their schedules are distributed the same. And you know, when it was a 10 team league, for so long and five and five felt right. You know what I'm saying? Like you had five, that seemed like the really good amount of time to really dig in, allow these, these players, these coaches to, you know, kind of get all the way around, make sure they talk to everybody. Last year felt a little bit more rushed and that was seven and seven, as you mentioned, Colby. So eight and eight, that's, you're really going to be packing it in uh, there, but boy, what a great, what a great place to do it. I have not been to a Legion stadium yet. Uh, so I'm, I do have my fingers crossed. I am hopeful that uh, that is part of my um, that is part of my summer college football tour, making it to Big Twelve Media Days. But again, I, I have not gotten anything official just yet. But I've heard that Allegiant Stadium is absolutely off the charts. Does Dion show up? Does Prime show up for Media Day in Vegas? You know, he didn't last year when they had it because I believe he was having a procedure. But that will be one of the big storylines of whether or not Dion makes his presence. He has to, right? I don't think so. I mean, the that city will be there. Yeah, he's come on, man. Prime's going to be there. Cowboy hat, bling, bling. Absolutely. I mean, not only opportunity missed for him potentially to sell the program and, and get his name and, and, you know, get his imaging out there, but I would have to imagine there's going to be some real pressure from Brett Yormark, right? I mean, I, I would think that, I mean, he's a, He's a pretty pushy guy. I've seen him behind the scenes talk to his head coaches and athletic directors when we met with them last May as it pertained to access. And we had those big meetings with them and Dave Pash and I sat in there and with, with our big boss. And we, you know, we put out a essentially it was like a, a five to seven minute video as to the importance of access. And then we kind of gave our spiel on what access does and talked to him and I'm going to tell you what, man, Brett Yormark, he, he did not mix any words. I mean, he was very adamant. We're doing this. I, I don't want to hear any complaining. Like, I mean, he was, he was letting everybody know. I, you would have to think that the biggest name, the biggest brand uh, coming into the Big 12 is 
Coach Prime and Deion Sanders. And so I would have to think on some level there's there's got to be some kind of mandate that he's there repping not just Colorado but repping the Big 12. Well, plus last year, not only was he having that medical situation, but I think it was the week before the Pac-12 media days was when the, the news broke that Colorado was probably going to be the team that jumped to the Big 12, right? And I, I don't think Correct. even if he, if, if he weren't having a, a medical issue, I, they might not have sent him just to not have to answer those questions at Pac-12 media days. Yeah, do you guys remember after that? I, I I think I went over and sat with you, or I talked to you, and like it was yeah yeah it wasn't official, but I was pretty much told while we were there like something's coming. Uh, Gave me the coming. elbow of like you know it's yeah it's happening. I you know I can't I'm not a reporter. I don't report those kind of things, but I I spoke to the right people and they let me know that yeah this is something's coming here pretty quickly, and I can't remember the exact time frame after media days that we found out, but it wasn't very long after that it became official. And, I mean, what a great opportunity to, to celebrate this league, to champion it, and, you know, no bigger venue than, than Viva Las Vegas. So I'm, I'm excited, man. I, now, as far as – I guess it makes sense, right? you got the Arizona schools out there. you got BYU. you got Colorado. Obviously, Utah as well out there on the West Coast. So five years, 16, or at least in a pretty close proximity. And I can't imagine too many people outside of the folks in Morgantown and maybe Orlando are complaining – about traveling to Vegas, but that's that's got to be quite the uh, the flight for for Neil Brown. I mean, I, I would imagine they they travel private, but that's that's going to get up there with fuel costs going all the way from Morgantown <laughs> to Las Vegas, boys. That's a hike. It is indeed. Uh, speaking of talking to people, we haven't heard anything yet out of the meetings that are happening today in yeah. Dallas, Dusty, because today was at least rumored to be potentially one of those days that the Big Ten and the SEC could maybe flex on the rest of college football. Now, mm-hmm. I think that that is probably like a negotiation tactic, at least in my opinion, with them maybe trying to get a little bit more money. Uh, but we haven't seen anything leak out. I just checked Ross Dellinger's Twitter. Nothing so far. Uh, but today was kind of that day, right, where if they were going to, maybe they might try it a little bit. At least the initial steps, right? Yes. Big Ten, SEC, this, you know, this, this joint, uh, not, I don't want to call it an alliance, but you know, the, them coming together and, and kind of you know, going to be lockstep and making their decisions and getting a plan for what the future of college football looks like. And, and we get it. Makes sense. Yesterday, the big news, obviously, was 5-7. Uh, that was a bit of a formality we've been waiting for once the Pac-12 – even though it's so bizarre, like it's still a conference. They just got, uh, you know, a new commissioner and for the next two years, but there's only two teams. So they don't actually get an automatic qualifier, but they're still a conference. And, and they were made some concessions. I think they got a little bit of cash to just agree to this five plus seven, which only makes sense because they're, if they want to get in the playoff, they have to be in at large because they're not members of a conference. that's eligible for one of the automatic qualifiers. So uh, again, they, a little posturing by them, but Made the most sense in the world to go five plus seven. No one knows what it looks like past that. I, this is the way I think today's going in Dallas. Um, and, you know, I guess a lot of the reports are that Tony Petiti's pushing for 16 teams. Can we test out 12 first before we go to 16? <laughs> and, like, are we even sure that there's not going to be two different national champions? Are we positive there's not going to be a, a, a power four or a power conference and then a group of five? National championship. I've heard multiple coaches tell me that that's what they're pushing for, and that potentially could be something that I think is pushed for behind the scenes. 
So I, I think that there's a lot of questions, but it, what I think happens today is Petiti and Sankey, I think they lay out and they basically start issuing demands uh, that, hey, if we're going to keep this thing together, we want, uh, you know, the numbers that I've heard from several people, they want four automatic spots, all right? And if there's 12 and they want eight of them, you know, is that, where's the negotiation? Does that settle at three? Does that mean half of the 12-team playoff every year will guarantee to be SEC and Big Ten. I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it is the revenue distribution. What does that look like? Most people say that they feel like they are the biggest brands, biggest powers. They want a bigger chunk of the pie uh, because I think in the back of their mind, they feel, you know what, they don't want to play by our rules. We'll go make our own playoff. And more than likely, they could. Um, So how much weight do they throw around? But I think it's about uh, the number of guaranteed spots, and the Big Ten SEC, I think if they could settle at three guaranteed apiece, they'd be happy. I, I could easily see them pushing initially for four. Everything's in negotiation. And then how does the revenue distribution break? Does the ACC and Big 12 get the same distribution that the SEC and Big Ten get? And then I think it's also about voting power. Because right now, boys, I'm sure you well know that you've got 10 conferences, because Pac-12 still counts, and they all have equal voting power. And I, I just can't imagine as this thing moves forward – that the SEC and the Big Ten are going to continue down that path. So I think those are the three things that the, the conversation, which really the conversation I think becomes a negotiation as it pertains to the playoff, uh, are, are those three prongs. Uh, you know, number of guaranteed spots for those top two leagues, what the revenue distribution looks like, and what is the voting power, voting rights within that structure. And best believe that Petiti and Sankey are going to be doing all they can to get as much as they possibly can in these conversations and or negotiations. Is there, is there some sort of like limit to what everyone else is willing to put up with? Cause to me, like you almost have to agree to everything or, or they, you know, type in the nuclear launch codes and blow up college football as we know it. Right. So like, it's, I, I, I would imagine that it's got to be frustrating on some level that, that, you know, you don't want to give in to every single demand, but simultaneously, if you if you do fight back in some way, you know, does that does that just get to the point where everybody else gets left behind? It's a delicate balancing act, isn't it, Colby? And I don't know where that line 100%. is. 100. You know, and and Greg Sankey, at least publicly, he said time and time again, he's been very consistent with this. I don't want to blow this thing up, right? He he has maintained that he wants to stay within the confines of the NCAA. That's the goal. He's always kind of said that's the goal. Uh, and, right. and for it to still continue to be a, a national championship that encompasses, you know, more than just the Big Ten, the SEC. He made those comments after I, I do believe out. that, but that's, I do too. that's under the assumption that he gets his way simultaneously, Correct. right? Correct. And that's where if you're – and I think that, you know, if you're Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner, if you're Brett Yormark, the Big 12 commissioner, I mean, this is a bit of poker. And you would have to think that those two commissioners on some level – have to be talking behind the scenes and having their own kind of co-alliance as well, right? Don't you want to at least be on the same page as the ACC, as one of the other Power Four conferences? Because if the Big Ten and the SEC are slamming the door shut, saying, um, we're going to have our conversations, we'll talk with you guys later, I think that the Big 12 and the ACC, it would make sense that they get on the same page. You want to push for everything you can, but I hate to say it, man, the SEC and the Big Ten, they, they hold more cards, than the ACC and the Big 12. So 
how does that conversation go? How does that negotiating go? Brett Yormark's not one that's going to get pushed around. At least he hasn't seemed like he's going to be. But at the same time, you also have to know in that poker game exactly what you set at the table. So I, I think all this is fascinating. And, boy, if I, if I knew what the future was going to hold for college football, for the college football playoff, for, for just the structure, is, is college football even part of the NCAA? Is it its own entity? And within that entity, if it does branch off, how many can actually play at that high-stakes poker table? Uh, a lot of different questions. And really, for the first time, at least publicly, I believe today's the first time they're looking past the next two years of this deal and starting to look past it at what the future of the playoff and really what college football might potentially look like. And I, I mean, I've got theories, I've got opinions, but I, I mean, nothing more than a guess. But to long-winded way of saying, yes, I think that you have to be cautious, you have to be careful. You want to push, push, push if you're your mark, if you're Phillips, but at the same time, I think you want to live in a world that you operate on the same playing field best you possibly can with the SEC and with the Big Ten. I think that has to be the thought process and the best way to move forward. Is that possible without giving them too much power? Uh, that's what we're going to find out starting today after these meetings. Doesn't timing play a role in everything, though? Um, and I say that because I believe it was the great philosopher Kenny Rogers that said no one to hold them, no one to fold them. Yep. Um, is there a scenario, Dusty, where the two big conferences can overplay their hand a little bit here as well from the timing issue of what you just brought up? We don't know until we get rulings from the courts, from the National Labor Board. We don't know. Uh, you brought up splitting off. There's so much unknown from the court system about what this thing looks like. That's why I think it's a delicate timing issue on the two that can actually play a power move or have a power move right now to me anyway. Yes. No, you, you, you make, I mean, really good points. I, but, I mean, I, I, doesn't it just feel like, though, that, again, I don't know if they really can, but it does feel like if, if the Big Ten and the SEC wanted to, they could they could take their ball and go play their own game. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and yeah. I, I, they don't need anyone else, but the rest of college football kind of needs them. Exactly. Um, and then it just gets down to, you know, at what point? You know, I, I go back to whenever I was at the Paul Bear Bryant Awards, and you know, I asked all the coaches that were there for National Coach of the Year if they, you know, if they could do one thing. Obviously, there's a lot of different things we could all do if we could get college football just the way we wanted. But what's one thing, and you can't copy each other, you would do? And Eli Drinkwood said one thing. Rhett Lashley said another. But Jamie Chadwell, Liberty head coach, former Coastal Carolina head coach, it really stuck with me. And he was adamant. He said, I think we should have two national championships in, in major college football. He said, we shouldn't be competing with Georgia. He's like, we don't compete with Georgia. Therefore, why are we competing for the same national championship? And, and he was adamant. So – like, if there is that split, if there is that divide, how far does it go? Uh, I, I would like to hope that Big 12, ACC, they make that top cut and then it's cut below. But, I mean, back to what we're talking about, I think, I think the Big 10 the SEC recognize not only could they hold their own playoff uh, and, and still get, you know, really probably maximize on the dollars for each of their individual institutions – they could also pick and pluck and add more of those schools if they do choose to do that. And I, do we get to that chaos point? I, I have no idea. Uh, but it's, it's all very fascinating. And, and, I mean, 
I, what, what I want is to get there. Like, so, like, things that happen like today, I'm in favor of because it starts the conversation. And until you start to have real conversations, no one knows what the heck this thing's going to look like. And, and today, at least, feels like the first time since the Big Ten SEC have come together, they've sat down in a room with the other conference commissioners and started to have conversations and lay out a plan as to what they want and potentially what this thing might look like. What would you guys say is the consensus among G5 schools in terms of either wanting to compete for their own national championship or fighting for more inclusion for the current championship we have? I think it depends on which team you're talking about. I think Kevin Wilson would acknowledge Tulsa. They'd be better served trying to win their own national championship. Yes. Uh, I think if you're at a place like Boise State, uh, maybe if you're at Memphis – you know, you've been right there knocking on the door to get to the Power Five for a while. I think they could be like, ah, no, we, this isn't good enough. We want more. So I, I, I do think that we've, we've seen a pretty good shift and a pretty good split now with what the Big 12 has added from the American and really Conference USA kind of shifted to the American as we've seen. I think we're pretty much there. I would say my opinion would be, Colby, over 80%, maybe 90% of the G5 would prefer to have their own national championship. I think that's something coaches can sell. I think it'd be a great product on television. And I think it, 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 it's something you can sell the players, you can sell the recruits, uh, that networks can go sell. And it's real. Like, you've got a legitimate chance. Think about how many more teams, programs, start the season with a real chance to play for a national championship. Because right now, that's just not a reality. I mean, it's a sham. That's what I've always said. Like, I love that we have inclusion for the G5 with this national championship, uh, and it's, it's guaranteed for the next two years, because we are saying that all these nine conferences, 10 if we're including the Pac-12, compete for this national championship. We know that that's not real, but that is what is being sold. Therefore, there should be representation. But I really think that the overwhelming majority, majority would say, we're not really competing in that world anyway. We would love to compete in the world that we realistically exist. And I think that, I don't know, I'd put the number pop probably 85, 90%. Oh, easily, e- yeah. e- easily. And I know everyone that over, might be light. over at Tulsa would, would echo that. And, and from my contacts within the American, I know most of them would agree with that as well. I think there are a couple of things. They, um, they just want to make sure that the financials are taken care of. Like if there's a, if, if there's a financial path, right, to make that work, uh, through selling that through a TV contract, they would absolutely love it. And then I still think that they want access to potentially play the games against Power 5 if there's a version of non-conference, which could also bolster some of their numbers that they get and help revenue flow through the athletic department with these non-conference games. I still think they'd want to try to play, because I know Tulsa loves being able to play Oklahoma State. Tulsa loves play, being able to play Oklahoma and Arkansas, who's coming in in a couple of years. They still want access to that, but if they could play for their own championship, I think they would champion that. 100%. I don't know why they wouldn't. And to your point, again, I, that's an especially as, as they really break down these, the college football playoff and what the distribution is. You know, if the distribution for a lot of the group of five is so minuscule, it makes more financial sense to have your own playoff. Not only could you sell all the things that I just discussed, but to the point you're making their pop, it could be financially lucrative as well. So, yes. I mean, like there's, there's multiple ways to look at this thing. But, I mean, it's – I think we find out here within the next – 18 months uh if not sooner exactly what this thing looks like i mean the big conversation has been you know is espn they, they, you know they put a bid in 7.8 billion 
for the six-year extension. Uh, and then obviously then a lot of people reporting that that was done. Then all of a sudden that was debunked. I know that that offer's on the table. It sounds like they have not received a better offer. That's only a portion of the conversation. You know, who gets the media rights? Yeah, that's, that's a conversation. But what does the playoff even look like? And are there multiple playoffs? I think there are, are much bigger questions than just which network is going to distribute yeah. and, and, and have all the broadcasting. Dusty, always appreciate it, my hey, friend. Hey. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll catch up on Friday. Well, real quick before you run, I, I have yes. one general question, okay? Okay. So there I was Saturday night, and I was watching the dunk contest. Yes, I'm the one dwarf yeah. that, was, that was still watching it, okay? I was watching. It was terrible. All right, so on the panel was uh, the first-ever slam dunk champion, uh, Darnell Hillman. His nickname was Dr. Dunk, and it got okay. me to thinking. In your opinion, uh, does basketball have far better nicknames for stars than what football has? And why is Gosh. that? Why is that? Because I can go down a list here just off the top of my head, Dustin. I know, look, there's Prime, there's the Manster, there's you know Sweetness with football. But doesn't it seem like basketball has the edge with badass nicknames? I mean, just off the top of my head, Round Mound to Rebound, Chocolate Thunder, The Glove, The Matrix, which was an underrated one for Sean what Merriman. Was Sh- Sean Kemp was what, Rain Man? Rain Man. Rain Man. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the human highlight great, film. You make a great point. I don't know why. Why is that, though? I don't know. This is a good question for me to ask my 11-year-old. He's far more into nicknames than me. I mean, but I'm, I'm trying to think, like, I mean, the I guess Hick a, from French Lick? Y- yes. The Hick from French Lick. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and look, I'll give it to you because magic, football has a few. Magic. I mean, Ironhead I, Hayward is a great one. It, that, I, that, that is, that is, that is great. Train Lane. But is, it as, but is it as cool as the human highlight film? Is it as cool as Vinnie Johnson, the microwave? The microwave. I, I don't know. Man, Earl the Pearl? Yeah. You, you make a great point. I, we need to do something about it. Why, okay. don't we, why don't we start coming up with better nicknames for Yeah, Mahomes for doesn't NFL. have one. Brady didn't really yeah. have one. It's weird. I mean, uh, I, I, we got it. We could come up with some for Kyle Shanahan, like choke artists, like never, <laughs> never able to win the big game, Super Bowl blunder. How about that? Uh, super, su- not so super. Off the top rope. Oh, that's fine. I, oh, I'm sorry. Where is anyone here a 49ers fan? That's fine. I I deserve uh, that. Uh, all right, boys. Great to chat with you. I'll talk to you on See Friday. You, man. Bye. That is Dusty Dvorak joining us via the Blitz Hotline, delivering death blows on this Wednesday. We will take a timeout. Don't forget, we have pregame coverage for Oklahoma State basketball's matchup at Cincinnati tonight at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock tip-off right here on your home for Cowboy Hoops in Tulsa, the Blitz 1170.